So I think it's really important as um, marketer, marketing leaders to figure out like what is the true purpose of marketing in the company. So like at Drift, we identified that yes, like we want to help drive the revenue, like that's marketing's role, but whether it's making the employee engagement successful, which then goes back to that other conversation or like working with sales. But in the end of the day, like that's going to be delivered in multiple ways, not just pipeline. Welcome to The Get, the marketing talent podcast. This is Erica Seidel, your host. We explore what it takes to get and keep the best marketing leaders in the B2B SaaS world. I'm sitting here with Trisha Gelman, who recently joined Drift as the CMO, and so super excited to talk with her today. This is her third CMO role, right, yeah. Trisha? Yeah. Um, and she was first CMO at Salesforce Canada, and then at Checker, and now she recently joined Drift a few months ago. And we're going to be talking about something that's really key for CMOs, which is CEO and CMO alignment. We're also going to be talking about um, how how you move from scrappy to scale, and how you maintain that alignment, not just when you're looking at a job, but when you are are already in the role. We'll be talking about marketing org design and how that might be different from overall company uh, org design and, and, and also culture design. So lots of good stuff. So welcome to the show, Trisha. Thank you so much for having me and for having Drift be a part of your series. Very excited to talk about this. So um, let's get started. Let's talk about the role of the CMO. So um, you and I talked about this before. So recently I've seen these CMO plus roles, right? CMO plus product, CMO plus strategy, DMO plus sales in this kind of like CRO title. Yep. And then there's chief growth officer role. So uh, before we get into anything, just talk to me about how you see the role of the CMO morphing and, and what it what it is now versus what it used to be. Yeah, I think... As the marketing world has become more mature with data, with um, the growth of sort of marketing within a company related to the brand experience, brand being important for, you know, what is a company today and yep. really differentiating in the market, we're seeing a lot of overlap between roles. And so I actually think like there's a lot of discussion, not just about the topics you said, but about like, is a CMO role even going away? Because you do have these like chief growth officers instead of CMO, the three letters. There's already this blending of sales and marketing. Mm -hmm. like the two can't live without each other. And so drawing that line and saying, oh, this is only one part, that's the other. It's really those two things have to work hand in hand. And then as we add in experience and brand um, and building trust between your customers, like trust is a new currency for engagement and for success of businesses. Mm -hmm. And so marketing is becoming more aligned with the customer success organization and post sales. Mm -hmm. So it's really, um, I call it the CMO 3.0, mm -hmm. where you have sort of this blending of the three things, sales, marketing, and um, service. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it's interesting because everybody talks about customer experience and the importance of, of managing that arc of customer experience. And I feel like on the B2C side, you have all these people who say they want to be chief customer experience officer. Yeah. We don't see that in B2B, right? What we see is, well, we don't see that title as much. You know, what we see is these like CRO titles, exactly. for instance. So any, any thoughts on that? Like, why is it that, we, you know, we talk about the customer experience, but then the 
the role title is something else. Yeah. Well, I think two things. I think on B2C, like really brand and experience are like that number one indicator. Like even then you have a CMO who owns brand almost all the time. And then you have growth people who own like the entire funnel top to bottom in a B2C environment because Mm -hmm. you have such a proliferation of um, e-commerce on the site. So you Mm -hmm. don't have a sales organization. Mm -hmm. Whereas in B2B, you have this marketing and sales with a really big s in sales because they're the ones kind of out on the front line versus your website at drift we 100 percent believe that customer experience like customer at the center is the number one thing and so we actually are architecting our organization so marketing has pre-sales post-sales and then really has that interface to sales and cs Okay, so let's go through the whole kind of arc of a CMO being hired before they're hired, after they're hired, um, and uh, let's look at the CEO and CMO wooing process. So yes. Okay. Um, <laughs> and so, so as a CMO, how can how can a CMO vet if if that CMO role is real? Because I've been thinking about this, and you know, we have this situation of. Uh, CMOs not lasting necessarily for a long time. So it's like, you know, a big thing. And so I feel like we want this Goldilocks situation. We want a role to be strategic and meaty enough for that CMO, but we also want the expectations to be realistic enough and for the CEO to understand that there's a sequence that you can't, you know, build Rome in a day and, you know, it takes a while to do, to, to kind of set up a fully functional B2B marketing, you know, engine. So um, what are those questions or those indicators uh, that can help a CMO see if this is a good opportunity for them to invest their time into? I think it's important to establish upfront. Is the company a company that thinks marketing is a side project? Or is it a company that thinks marketing is this ingredient within the success of the whole company? Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't say there's like a right and a wrong. Different companies have different needs and different CMOs want to do different things. But I think establishing that and being 100% okay with the answer and where you're going to go is really important because it's okay sometimes to kind of be like marketing on the side. It's not the number one focus. The company is not 100% driven by like, the brand and the differentiation of the brand. It's maybe more about the technology you're selling to developers or something like that. Um, But then it also puts a burden on the CMO to kind of motivate the team Mm -hmm. because they feel a little bit off on the side. And so from the role of the CMO, you need to think, well, what am I doing? Is that exciting and compelling? And two, how much am I going to carry sort of the culture, the team engagement and all those, those things? Because it can be kind of a heavy lift. So um, speaking of Drift, right, you just joined. Um, tell me, what was the process like? And, and what did the company do to recruit you? And, and how was it distinct? You know, g- give the, the audit of, you know, what was, what was good in the recruiting process and how you, would, how you would tweak it, if anything. Yeah, I think, I mean, the recruiting process for Drift was really unique, actually, for me, because I wasn't looking in other times yeah. when I have moved jobs and actually felt like, okay, I'm ready to leave where I am. Yeah. And, and so where am I going to go? And then sort of looking in a way. Um, For Drift, I actually met one of the co-founders, Dave Cancel, three years ago, um, almost four years ago now, when I was a CMO of Salesforce Canada. Um, And they were building the brand. They were building Drift as a company, conversational marketing as a concept, and just going around and having dinners with CMOs and marketing leaders. And I really connected with the way that they were being so genuine about it Mm -hmm. and really listening and really trying to understand and 
like what is this challenge we're solving? Are we being relevant to our audience? Um, like how can we actually at the grassroots level like really be a part of the community? Like he was just so on it. Like that's one of the things about Dave Cancel is that he takes the long view is um pretty sure that he put in his phone like if i don't have a cmo in a year call trisha because maybe <laughs> after she's been in her role for a year she would entertain the idea of leaving uh -huh. and so he called me and i was like oh well i'm not really looking and he's like well should we talk more and i was like i don't know why not and so it was interesting to me because then hearing like the progress they had made um, the challenge they were facing of really bringing sales and marketing together, mm -hmm. I started to realize that like this is my passion is like what's happening with CMOs, the relationship of CEO and CMO, the relationship of sales and marketing, of brand, like mm -hmm. all of these things. And so whether it was like financially the right thing to do or anything else, I was like, you know what, I just feel like this is what I need to do. At Checker, I was the first CMO. Yeah. At Drift, I'm the first CMO. So in the mm. in the beginning, a, you know, DC brought along a different person to be the VP of marketing from like the super scrappy days, mm -hmm. um, and then in the growth of the company, established the brand, established a category, and then realized like, well, we now that we have been so successful, we need to have a full content team, a full um, demand team, etc. And so it became a lot bigger group mm -hmm. and they feel like well, we need to unify this under a leader which um i think you know across all of my cmr roles has kind of been the role that i've played mm -hmm. so in general i think the challenge that existed on the marketing side at drift was interesting mm -hmm. and then what drift is trying to do in the market was really interesting to interesting. me yeah right right got it how did you align between, you know, you and David in terms of structuring this role? And, or, and was that a challenge, you know, to kind of articulate what the role would be, given that you'd be the first CMO for the company? Yeah. Um, I don't think it's been that much of a challenge because it's really aligned to, like, where is the company's next phase of growth? Yeah. And so that also makes it easier to measure yeah. is, okay, we're looking to go from, you know, being initially in the small business market and growing up market. So there's like one phase of growth there, mm -hmm. which is get to the enterprise. Mm -hmm. That's, are we getting more enterprise customers? Are we having success there? That's yep. a clear metric. Um, we want to grow from sort of our revenue growth that we had to continue the growth at like 50 to 70%. Mm -hmm. And so that's very clear um, how that's going to tie together. And then really this idea of like, how do we unify the marketing organization? How do you go into a team that's pretty large that has a creative team already like built in it almost like its own agency mm -hmm. and really bring all these people together so that we can really get to scale you your previous one of your previous roles was cmo of salesforce canada so that was like this geo specific cmo yeah. role and now you know since then you've been you know cmo of you know the whole company so can you talk about just about the differences between those two experiences and and you know especially how that how that CEO and CMO alignment works. Yeah, so um, so when I was the CMO of Salesforce Canada, then I reported to the CMO of Salesforce Global. Uh -huh. So that's interesting, right? CMO yeah. reporting to CMO. But because of the relationship US and Canada, there's always going to be this sort of like, is it a full country, is it not kind of thing. <laughs> it's like, it's the bane of existence for Canadians, uh -huh. but it's like the reality. And so that was, I think, the biggest challenge for the role of CMO Canada is, one, you're a region, 
And so you don't own like the full tech stack, you don't own the full operations, you don't own like, you know, how budgeting decisions are like overall made and things like that. There's someone else that kind of owns some percentage of yeah. what you do and then you have to kind of fit within that. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing is with the US-Canada relationship, it's like how much of what's happening at HQ can you actually pull? Versus having to feel like, yes, like it's not in the right language. It has the wrong customers. People don't know these, you know, like mm. there's a lot more relevancy between mm. the two countries. Mm. And so that was the big challenge for me and why they decided to create the role for CMO of Canada was how do we actually define that? The relationship between the country of Canada and the U.S., the relevancy of customer stories or not, and like how you would transition the go-to-market. Let's talk about how CMOs need to kind of organize and design their team. So um, in a previous episode, I was speaking with uh, Drew Fortin about uh, building a team culture that is distinct from the company culture. Like, mm -hmm. you know, sometimes there's an sort of overall company culture. And of course, marketers should align to that. But sometimes marketers need to create their own culture, their own kind of subculture of the marketing team. So, um, you know, agree, disagree, and uh, and you know, how have you built your you know culture of the marketing team? You know, in the past or here, you know, how yeah. you want to take that. Well, I think it's interesting because um, at Checker versus here, mm -hmm. um, at Checker, marketing was a newer thing, yeah. and so I was building a whole team and building the culture. Mm -hmm. Whereas at Drift, it's been a very marketing-led company, and so now I'm stepping into a group of people that have already been together. Trying to figure out like how do we sustain and build that culture yeah um and so i think that's always like you know sometimes you go into like build from scratch sometimes you go into sort of like build and mold you said something very interesting to me which was um if if there's only one goal for marketing and that's say creating pipeline then many on the marketing team are going to feel like they can't directly influence that yeah so say they're a graphic designer they might feel like you know that's too removed. Yeah, too removed. So how do you how do you deal with that? So I think it's really important as um, marketer marketing leaders to figure out like what is the true purpose of marketing in the company. Mm -hmm. So like at Drift, we identified that yes, like we want to help drive the revenue. Like that's marketing's role, whether it's making the employee engagement successful, which mm -hmm. then goes back to that other conversation, mm -hmm. or like working with sales, but in the end of the day, like that's going to be delivered in multiple ways, not just pipeline. Mm. So pipeline is the thing that demand gen is held accountable for. And that's like, you know, love it or hate it. That's what the demand gen people, it's like the most measurable attached to sales thing. And then like uh, marketing at Drift is very content driven. And so content is about partnering with the pipeline, but it's also about building the community. And so what we've identified is that we have a community and engagement metric. Mm -hmm. So it's not fine to just chuck out a bunch of content, but like people need to engage with it. And so if we can measure that engagement, then that shows the success and we will get to our booking school because we'll have a bigger and bigger community of people. Mm -hmm. um, we also have this like post acquisition lifecycle activity. So that's about really helping people be successful with the product, showing customer success and, and partnering with that. Mm -hmm. And then the um, product marketing, like the mm -hmm. launches, um, the creative, which goes across everything, um, and your PR and your comms is really, we decided about share of voice. Mm -hmm. In some ways that lines up to website traffic. Mm -hmm. 
but a lot of the demand stuff lands up to website traffic too. So we decided that sort of has to be shared across everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, but share of voice is something that like having a successful launch, um, having great differentiated messaging, being like involved in what's happening with competition, like mm-hmm. all those things mm-hmm. um, could roll up to share a voice. And so if you have those metrics, which is sort of influence of customer success, share of voice, engagement in the community and pipeline, you can help get your company to like true growth. Are you comfortable sharing how you how your team is organized right now? Today we have field marketing events in demand gen, mm-hmm. but not like our huge hyper growth Dreamforce-esque kind of event. Uh-huh. Um, we'll get to that. So demand gen, they own the number, they're responsible for that interface to sales. Demand gen also in our company owns the sales development function. So mm-hmm. the people who help qualify the um the leads in our case conversations. Mm-hmm. Um, and conversations, like, not and leads. Like, That's yeah, because okay. we don't have forms. Right, right. We've actually uh, we have no forms. Yeah. Everything is conversation. You like in, interact with the bot and the humans when you right. come right. to the drift site or demand gen pages or whatever. Right. Um, so. Um, so that's the demand gen team. Then we have the content and community team. They partner with Demand Gen team on like what content should we do, but also working with content to help onboard customers and then in general just to push forward this idea of the changing role of marketers in the future of B2B. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the measurements on engagement and community. Um, then we have comms. And so we have comms owning PR and employee comms. Mm-hmm. Um, and that they're looking over the share of voice um, with the head of product marketing, mm-hmm. which is the fourth group, mm-hmm. um, and then of customer marketing, mm-hmm. which were customer marketing, which is underneath something we call customer experience. That's a subcomponent of customer experience, and that's under you, customer experience, customer under you. experience, yep. okay. and then we have the creative, which like works across everything. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Has there been an org design choice that you've made at some point in your in your career where you look back and you say, whoops, that was a little, you know, not quite the right thing. Um, I mean, I think you always have those things. So when I was at Salesforce, I created the demand gen function. Mm -hmm. So I didn't own everything, but I owned this new concept, which was how do we connect marketing and sales together? And so we started to define that. We defined that it included digital. We defined that it included like field events and Mm -hmm. these different activities. Mm -hmm. Um, But Salesforce had two vectors. One was this like proliferation of products Mm -hmm. and the other was sales segments. And so it was really a question of what do you do? And like the CEO was holding the sales team accountable for the number, but then at the same time would hold the product teams to the number two. And so I decided that I myself had a good relationship with sales leaders so I could kind of bridge across and I would organize my team by product. Because each of the product leaders was like a GM basically, and they were going to want to know like what's happening with my product. Yeah. And we need to be able to have one answer to that. And so I thought, like, this is great. So first we had Sales Cloud, then we had Service Cloud, then we had Platform, then we bought Marketing Cloud. Then I was like, oh, my God, this does not work. Yeah. It doesn't work because the budget became fragmented into each of these silos of clouds. Mm -hmm. And in the end of the day, the sales team didn't necessarily care. They just wanted to make a number. And so, Mm -hmm. like, like, it was like being pulled in two different directions, Mm -hmm. right? Like, when's a rubber band going to break? Um, And so then I started, like, 
I lived a good six months of regretting that we were organized by cloud because the sales team would be missing their number, which you knew meant you needed more money in a specific area of the product. But to get it from one product to the other meant like getting buy-in from three to five really senior leaders. And so like just the orchestration of that was really challenging. And so then we actually moved to solutions. Yeah where we were looking more at the persona Mm. and like these personas existed across all the sales segments um and really like but it was a huge lift org design is this thing about you know putting boxes on paper and you know thinking theoretically about how something's going to work and then um and then stuff gets real so to speak right and then you hire actual people and you know you start actually hiring and looking at who you have so um, you know, in general, how do you think a marketing leader should think about reconciling that that theoretical org design strategy with um, the reality of hiring people into actual roles? The way that I view org design is that you need to figure out who your stakeholders are. Mm-hmm. And you can't have the stakeholders going to four to five people within your organization. Mm-hmm. You know, they just get frustrated and mm-hmm. there's no, like, specific, like, person responsible. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, so that's the key factor. At the time when I did that org design for Demandgen, I felt like the key stakeholder was the product people. Yeah. Because they were the ones who were like getting the questions the most of like, how are you going to market? What is your message, et cetera? Yeah. Um, whereas later in time, I felt like really it was more about like, how are we like driving the business? Yeah. How are we increasing our efficiency, et cetera? Yeah. And it didn't mean the other groups were less important, yeah. but you know, it really like the, the key stakeholder changed. Right. For me, like saying, okay, so pipeline, it's owned by Demandgen. Yeah. It's very clear, like, that's their number one thing that they have to do. So, like, okay, we need someone who understands that and understands how to work with sales. Content is about helping Demandgen, but also about building this community and building sort of like this content marketing motion, which is about engagement and sort of breadth. Mm -hmm. So then that person has to understand those skills. And so the more you can identify, like, the one key thing, for each group, the more yeah. you can kind of write that job description. Can you talk about the hardest role you've ever had to hire for, like a particular instance where you were just, you know, banging your head against the wall, a wall trying to find that, yeah. that, you know, good person? I think there's two roles that are really important, but then also really hard to hire. Mm-hmm. One of them is internal communications. Yeah. It's really really an interesting thing and at drift we actually rebranded it to be called employee brand Mm. um i don't know if that's why we were more successful in hiring it but um the internal communications has in the past i think been really specific to like okay it's the end of the year your benefits are going to change you need to sign up it's open enrollment time whatever Mm -hmm. not so much about like the culture the engagement and these other things Mm -hmm. which also translates into like how you portray yourself when you're trying to hire people yeah um and i think companies a lot of times don't hire anyone in that role at all whether it's in hr or marketing until around a thousand people Mm. for some reason Um, but i think people are starting to realize like oh we really need this now. Like we need a way to unify people and make sure everybody knows everything, et cetera. So then we need it when we're 200 people. The second is the VP of product marketing. Yep. And uh, I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> yeah. I think it's hard. There's two things that are hard about the VP of product marketing. One is that like what product marketing does is a little bit 
depending on the company, mm -hmm. like a little bit different. So you have what I call 101 product marketing, which is working with product, helping to define roadmap, and then really like messaging the features. Mm -hmm. And then you have what I call like true product marketing, which is that plus working with demand gen and others to say, hey, these are the personas, this is what they care about, like let's really look at where these people are, what they care about, how we map to it, and how we develop the messaging and sort yeah. of narrative around the whole thing. Yeah. So finding product marketers who are this second part, like true, well-rounded, mm -hmm. um, is challenging because a lot of historic product marketing is what I call the 101. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, and then if you are this well-rounded product marketer, then that means that you're used to working with sales, with demand gen, with marketing as a whole, and product. Mm -hmm which means you have your finger in a lot of things, which is the cool, fun thing about product marketing. It also means you can just go be a CMO. And there's a lot of product marketers who just go on to be CMOs. And so getting people to realize, yes, in our company, it's a super valuable role and you're gonna grow your career by doing this role versus going to like a 20 person company and being a CMO. That's mm -hmm. for me in the size of company that I've been in recently, it's challenging. Yes, yes. And then actually the other challenge is that these people are in such high demand that they can make a lot of money just being consultants and taking two months off in the summer and like having this great <laughs> life. <laughs> it's true, it's true. Yeah, I think product marketing, it's the hardest one I see companies, you know, struggling with. And often they will think, if like the company's around 200 people, they will think that um, a manager level product marketer mm -hmm. is what they need, and then they put, they stuff all this stuff into the job description, yep. and it ends up being the job of the CEO, and if ultimately, like, define the market, where sh we should be exactly. playing, get us to product market fit, and support the sales team in getting the message out, and it's just it's huge. stunning, and then, so often companies, they, they mislevel it, where, you know, they, uh -huh. they, they that manager becomes a director, that director becomes a VP of marketing, you know, after the company yeah. interviews for it and then they up level it but meanwhile time ticks on and the job is out there for a long time and yeah it's tough it's really tough fabulous well we've we've covered a quite quite an arc from uh looking at jobs and into getting hired and structuring the team and hiring uh, and um good stuff thank you so much for sharing your insights and uh welcome to your new job welcome to your boss and now your second home uh, yeah we'll be visiting from San <laughs> all the time a lot yeah awesome and thank you for joining the show so trisha gelman cmo of drift thank you again thank you for having me thanks for joining us today for the get join us next time with another guest Till then, follow us on SoundCloud, iTunes, or Spotify, or check us out on LinkedIn and Twitter so you don't miss a thing.